everybody, and welcome back to the Domestic Boyfriend Podcast. Today, it seems like I am your host, Vincent, and I am joined by my lovely, lovely friend, Dean, over here. Hi. It was just going to be Vincent. I, was, I wasn't going to speak the entire time. Oh, that would have been mean. <laughs> All right. Today, today's main bit, we're going to talk about Moon Knight and cover up the last two episodes. But before we do that, we're going to jump into some news real quick. Um, to kick us off, uh, Avatar 2. Uh, we, The Way of Water. We finally have a trailer and a confirmed time uh for the movie uh blue people to specify every time i bring up avatar 2 everyone's like oh no they're making a sequel to it uh thinking that it's about the last airbender it makes me so sad that that's their first thought yeah blue people not blue arrows (laughs) but uh yeah so this trailer came to us via uh uh, the Multiverse of Madness, um, it actually hasn't been officially released, I believe, uh, like on YouTube or anything like that. So besides people uploading it themselves, uh, the Way of Water trailer is only if you see Multiverse of Madness, uh, which I have, uh, and Vincent has not yet, but he will soon. Uh, and it's, uh, it's very beautiful. And I was talking about this with somebody uh, a couple of days ago that, like, Avatar 1, like, gra- like visual-wise, really holds up. And, like, this movie, like, it's just the same continuation of amazing, like, visuals. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's, you know, it's it's probably not the best thing to, like, only remember um, the visuals from a movie. Um, because I, I <laughs> still don't really remember the plot of the first one. I just so remember, honest. I just remember Unobtainium. Honest. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It is Pocahontas. I, I just remember yeah. the main plot device was unobtainium, uh, unobtainium, which I thought was always very funny. Um, but uh, as far as the visuals go, um, uh, I I know a little bit about CGI, and I know that like running water is really hard to animate well, and like the the running water that they do in Avatar still looks. Like, it still looks super impressive. I, I, I didn't know it was CGI for the longest time. Um, cool behind-the-scenes fact uh, that was just released the other day. Uh, we actually, um, The actors in their mocap suits were actually in a pool of water while filming like the, on the back of the creature scenes in the water. But the water also had like balls, like little spheres inside of the, like, the pool that they were in. Uh, to simulate like waves. Oh, interesting. So, like, the motion they used that to simulate the motion of the waves when doing the CGI. So they had more of like a form to go off of instead of like actual water, uh, like an actual ocean current instead of like the still bed of water that they'd have in the pool. Okay. Really interesting. So there That's were just balls cool. everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Those balls. Oh, cool. oh man. <laughs> Uh, yeah, that's going to hit theaters, hopefully, December 16th. With this day and age, you never really know. <laughs> yeah, it could be 2025. Who knows? Uh, next bit of news. We got another trailer as well. 
Um, we've had a lot of trailers lately. Uh, but Kenobi, finally, we finally have a proper look at it. You know, after like watching it, it made me think about like, remember when they were like rumoring, like the rumors about a Kenobi solo series were gonna happen, like, well, or like a, the Kenobi project was like even before like, it it was right around the episode what was it? episode. Seven, it would be seven. Mm-hmm. The Force Awakens, uh, Force Awakens, uh, like around there, even before the start of the new trilogy, like a Kenobi project was always in the works. It's just they couldn't get you and McGregor like on it, or like it was something that was stopping them from doing it. And like it's so surreal to see it happen because like it's it's awesome. It it's such a he's like a fan favorite character and we get to see like the in between and somebody somebody brought up the fact that like it was just like how and how like in two years or something like that does it get from you and mcgregor to old man you know what i mean <laughs> like what sh- what shit goes down that makes him age that fast yeah you know he put out a uh tweet recently um thinking our generation um because like when when the prequels came out they they had so much backlash nobody liked them except for us kids um and now that we are old enough to properly have a voice and like so much love uh is has been put out there for uh the actors as well as just the movies in general um, it, it's really refreshing to him in particular. He he went and rewatched all the movies to get ready for Kenobi, and he has like positive thoughts towards them for the first time in years. Yeah, I mean, if you really think about it, I mean, besides like the Clone Wars, because I mean, some episodes, in fact, like a lot of them, and especially towards the latter half of the original run of the Clone Wars TV show, like. A, a lot of the story of the prequels is really the story of Kenobi. Like, the story of Kenobi watching Anakin's story. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Because, like, we see it all from episode one and his growth and the challenges that he has to take because he has to train the Chosen One in his master's stead. And, like, I, I can only imagine, like, this is probably, like, people have probably talked about this more in depth, like, two-hour anthologies about it, but, like, the way that Kenobi must feel, especially, like, when you think about the Clone Wars being years long. Like, we see from Episode 2 to Episode 3, like, we know time has passed, but we really don't get, like, a very good idea of it. Like, unless you read, like, novels, or you see the Clone Wars, and you really try to gain a grasp of how long it's been, that you see that he's... It's been years. Like, Anakin went from a kid to an adult. Like, Kenobi, literally, his entire life has raised somebody. And to see the downfall of it, and to see, like, where it can go from there, and only imagine what this series will show of him, not just, like, action-wise and the cool stuff, but, like, emotional-wise. Because that is, like, him watching over Luke is, like, 
like it's tear jerking to like the fans of like oh man he's, he was there for such a long time just watching him grow but like the thought of him just sitting there and like blaming himself for what happened you know what i mean like a batman jason todd type of situation like yeah he he's the reason that it happened he's the reason he turned out that way type of thing I've, I've, I've talked, I've talked a lot. <laughs> well, I'm excited for it. You're excited for it. And it's hitting Disney plus on May 27th. Yeah. Um, before we move on from it, I just want to bring up the fact that we, we see it and we see like Vader a little bit Hayden Christensen's coming back. Woo woo. Uh, actually really excited for that. Uh, but I'm very much questioning, like, does this just take place on one planet? Just wait it, only ever, I don't think Kenobi's leaving the planet. Like, do they just send in waves of people? Maybe. And Potentially. If that is if that is true, if they know where he is, right? Why doesn't Vader go there? Like why doesn't why doesn't why doesn't he go there sooner? You know what I mean? He's gotta leave the planet. He's gotta like lead them astray or something. Or you'd assume that it doesn't take place on there. Like maybe it leads to there or something. Like that. I don't know. Maybe. Speculation. We can talk about it when it comes out. We'll find out it's, soon. It's, ep- it's episodic, right? So it's probably like six or eight episodes. Or yeah, like it's a more. mini series, so probably six. Yeah, it depends. Yeah, but yeah, super exciting, awesome. Star Wars stuff is great. Vincent's been playing Lego Star Wars games and. Yeah, it tickles this pickle. It's it's good. It's yeah. fun. Alright. Uh next bit we got uh Doctor Who. Um we finally know who's going to take the mantle as the fourteenth doctor. Um and for the first time uh in the show's history, uh we are going to have a uh black uh, lead actor take the role of the doctor. Um, sh- I I apologize if I mess up the pronunciation. I believe it's correct. Uh, Shuti Gatwa um, is going to be the 14th doctor. Um, some of his stuff that he's known for is uh, his role in sex education Um as well as the last letter from your lover. Um, I'm not too familiar with this actor, but I've always been a fan of Doctor Who. Um, starting, I, I got my start with the Matt Smith stuff and just fell in love with it from there. And I'm super excited to see where um, where uh, Shooty takes it. Yeah. Um... I am very big into Doctor Who. Not too much anymore. Uh, not to blame uh, a certain recent season or anything like that, but I have heard and watched a couple episodes of Jodie Whittaker's Doctor. And it's not on her. The writing team is definitely dropping the ball sometimes. Um, and I also did drag watching Peter Capaldi. Um, but I started watching at the beginning of the reboot. Uh, I really love The Ninth Doctor. Uh, Matt Smith and David Tennant are amazing. Um, and I've even watched 
I watched the Doctor Who movie, actually. Um, that was a fun watch. Um, without any context of anything that happened in the previous seasons was a little confusing. But the movie? Was... Like, yeah. the, like the, with the War Doctor? Is that what you're talking no, about? No, 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 no. So, so uh, before the War Doctor... So, the Eighth Doctor's regeneration was during... So, the Seventh Doctor's regeneration into the Eighth was during the Doctor Who. Okay. So, after... So, Doctor Who was brought back. It has, like, a long history on the BBC of being cancelled and coming back. Yeah. Um, it was cancelled, brought back as a movie, cancelled again, brought back for the reboot. And we currently have, you know, Doctor Who. Uh, uh, and I've tried to watch some of the older episodes. I really enjoy, like, Doctors 3 through 5. Uh, which is very broad because the personalities are expansive. But mm -hmm. um, interesting thing, uh, it might be a shock to you, not to us, because we may have needed to re-record this because I made an oopsie. But uh, we, uh, this is actually not the first time in African American. Oh, actually, I, I guess they're British, so they're not American. Yeah. Uh, First time a black actor has not uh, has been the Doctor. Uh, actually, it was shown during Jodie Whittaker's run that uh, a it's a it's a long story, but a fem a former incarnation of the Doctor was actually a black woman, uh, said to predate the first Doctor incarnation. Uh, oh, yeah. So, so like between the War Doctor and the first Doctor, no, then between. Between episode uh, before episode one of Doctor, like before that Doctor, like the first incarnation of the Doctor we ever see, uh, said to be older than him, like before his time. It's it's very complicated, convoluted, okay. and a retcon that people do not like. Um, but okay, uh, interesting. Yeah, interesting bit of lore. Um, <laughs> the Doctors' regenerations don't really match up with the amount of Doctors that we have, but uh, it's okay. I'm super excited about it. Um, hopefully the showrunners know what they're going to be doing with him uh, and they don't waste his potential because I've heard a lot of great things about him. Yeah. Um, and, yeah. That's all I got. Alright. Uh, moving on from our uh, movie and TV news, we've got some video game stuff that has happened. Um, we have fi a 15 minute, uh, demo trailer for Gotham oh, no. Knights. Yep. Oh, no. Yep. We're, ju we're jumping into it. Uh, speaking of jumping, uh, <laughs> um, Gotham Knights, uh, uh, soon to be coming out. Um, I believe it's release date is sometime in September. It's, it's later this year, maybe December. Um, but it's going to be a multiplayer uh, Arkham. It's October. Uh, late, late October. Okay. Uh, Batman Arkham esque game. It's not from. It's not from Rocksteady. Um, Even it's, though the story is totally taken right after the end of the Arkham games. Ish. 
I don't even know if it's in the same universe. I don't think it is, um, but it's literally No, it it can't be because because Batgirl is walking. Uh, it, okay, well that happens in the comics. Oh, she does. Oh, never mind. Yeah, so uh, comics, okay, okay, quick quick Batman lore spoilers ahead. Um Barbara Gordon works with Lex Luthor to get a nanochip implanted into her spine to regain like mobility. Oh, that's nice of him. Yeah, but it, it's cool. But uh, I think, um, uh, you know, I think she. Sh- it sounds really bad, but I think she should have just stayed Oracle, Oracle. and stayed crippled. <laughs> because Maybe. I feel like she works really good as a legacy character. And we already had, like, two Batgirls. Like, both Cassies were Batgirls. And she worked really well being, like, the person in the chair, both physically and metaphorically. But anyway, go ahead. Um, yeah, so... It looks, Sorry, I was... Uh, yeah, you go ahead. You go ahead. I'm grabbing some more information. kind of questionable. So we got to see some gameplay. And uh, before we get into what a lot of people probably are thinking about, uh, we'll talk about, like, actual, like, fighting and everything. And... After re-watching the trailer and everything and having some other people's evaluations in my head, the AI looks terrible. The AI looks yes. very questionable. Hopefully, you know, we saw the first, like, gameplay, like, alpha footage and it showed it, like, when it first was announced and, like, the AI looked really bad then. But this is, like, near the final project. Like, they ain't got a lot of time to fix anything before the final shoot or before the final release. Uh very questionable i also think the graphics look really bad it looks like something that was on the playstation 3 that was supposed to be on the playstation 2 but they released it to new gen consoles so this is the same studio that gave us arkham origins right Which arkham um, origins looked good it looked really arkham good. origins looked really it looked really good uh for a ps3 game yeah, I think this game still... I believe is in the same exact engine because this is the same studio that gave us that game. Like you'd assume that it looked better because it's supposed to be on a new gen console, but it just it doesn't look good. Speaking yeah. of being on a new gen console, they also have announced that they have kicked uh, that they have kicked away the last gen console versions of the game to try to make sure that the gaming experience is as good as possible. Which is something that I think that a lot of companies are going to do now. Like, Absolutely. We don't want many, another cyberpunk. How many versions of the, of the Xbox were released within the last five years? Not uh, including the newest one. Like, when the Xbox One... Xbox released, One, Xbox One like X, Xbox, Xbox One S. S. There were and three. There, and then there was both the physical disc versions of them and the digital versions, correct? Well, the, the One X didn't have a digital version the closest uh, actually no i guess i guess the one s was the digital version ish except it couldn't it wasn't as strong so there were so many versions of the xbox release that they were just like you know what we're not going to have the same thing happen we need people on new gen consoles and plus it's more expensive to make yeah that's true and it's a lot more like honestly like it gives me some hope that they kicked away getting getting those versions of the game running because that means that they can focus that time on making maybe making the AI and graphics looking a little bit better. Um, 
Johnny Coke. But let's I, talk about what everybody wants to talk. About. I'm like, oh wait, I don't want to cut you off. <laughs> yeah, uh, just one last thing. Like, uh, as far as the AI goes, the AI looked dumb. Uh, the start of the trailer. Uh, albeit it was like a tutorial and just showing off what the characters can do, it looked so slow. But by the end, like, the combat looked fine. The combat looked fun and flashy. Um, for Nightwing... I don't think it looks as snappy as the Arkham games. Because, like, the Arkham games were very, like, yeah. fun reaction. To be snappy. fair, this is this is definitely a different game. This game is giving me, like... The Division One vibes, and I'm not, I'm not liking that, especially with like the armor points and the level and the levels above people's heads and the health bars. Playing an MMO or something. Anyway, the thing that everyone's talking about, we have a certain jumpy boy uh, <laughs> who made his power debut. Uh, Red Hood has mystical powers. Uh, <laughs> where he's able to just jump in the air and make magical landing points and keep jumping. Yeah, so everybody in this game has like a mechanic, a glide, like a traversal mechanic. And Nightwing, it was shown like Nightwing has like a glider that looks so large. It's, it, it's a Fortnite glider. It literally just looks like a Fortnite glider. And like looking over it again, I was just like, why couldn't they just give him like a pseudo like wingsuit? You know what I mean? Because, like, he is, like, a trapeze artist. It wouldn't be too odd for him to have something like that or have something like that. I would have liked it a lot more for him to, like, parkour around and, like, um, it, like, give him, like, a grappling hook or something and then, and then, like, swing from, like, flagpoles and stuff oh. on the sides of buildings so and do acrobatics have... up. That would have so been cool and in character. People could have made more memes about not being able to yeah. afford a PS5 and Batman. <laughs> um but uh yeah so jason's like traversal mechanic is that he has like this dante from devil may cry like sh like double leap like he can like double jump and like leap over bounds and like creates like invisible platforms which does seem really odd but i did watch somebody's like quick tiktok about how it's not too odd in character because he is, for a short time, uh, for a short time, like a couple of people in the Bat family canonically like have had powers. Mostly like Damien when he came back to life after dying, he was imbued with superpowers, uh, and Jason after dying in one retcon, or in one version, he did gain like a spiritual connection to a soul where he was able to get like soul powers for a short, short amount of time yeah and it was brought to my attention that jason also held like this magical soul binding sword before and he was able to use it with extreme proficiency because the soul is so strong so he's definitely the more magically inclined bat voice but it's still a very odd thing to give him yeah i I don't remember the Batgirl gameplay. I don't know if they showed her. It was did she glide around? Is that her um, like thing? I remember seeing her in a fight. I don't remember her. Character. I don't know if they ever showed her like gliding around. I I hope at the at the very least that she's actually like gliding proper. They um, had her personal mechanic, but they decided to let her walk. And then Robin, uh, who I confirm now, it it is Tim Drake. It is not Damien. 
teleports. He's he just there. teleports. You know, I the way that they made him seem in the trailer was very kitty, which like it isn't like not Damien, but like most people see him as like the really mean like kid because he's like, that's how he debuted as, but he's a lot more like lovable now. But mm -hmm. there's like many versions of Tim like in any of the like animated series or any of those depictions, I've always shown him as like the fun loving young one. Uh, I've always enjoyed Tim. Before Captain Boomerang attacked, but Well, yeah. Uh, but uh, it's it's kind of it's, it's interesting. If you ever seen Batman Ninja, I think actually no, I think that's still Damien. Never mind. <laughs> um but yeah, I don't I have high hopes like I'm at this point in my life where I'm just like, I don't want things to be bad that I like. Like, things related to things that I like, I don't want them to be bad. Because it yeah. just means I have to consume bad media. So, I want this to be good. We were hyping this up when we saw it at A3 years ago. And we were talking about how we hope it's multiplayer and we'd be able to play this together. Because it looks awesome. Yeah. Like, the thought of it, the idea of it, seemed awesome. Seeing it in action is kind of like... It might leave a better, a better yeah. taste in their mouths. Also, even though there are four playable characters, there can only be two active players at any given time. Yeah, it's like I don't. Why? Like, it's not like it's not like their engines like gonna be overhauled by having more characters. Maybe switch the engine. No, I just. Yeah. That's really sad. That's like them. That's like making a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle game and be like, you can only play as three. <laughs> yeah. It, if anything, and it, it's not good for a game to make you want to play a different game, but this has just made me uh, realize how much I truly miss playing Rocksteady games and has me even more excited for Suicide Squad next year. Suicide Squad Kill the Justice League is going to be a fantastic video game. I... Until you said something about it, I totally forgot that that was coming out. Um, that is a four-person multiplayer game that looks really promising. Yeah. Original story looks more promising. That one is in the same universe as um, as the... I, I believe in the same universe as uh, the Arkham series, Batman. At the very least, it has, um, it has the... I think it has the same Harley Quinn... And it has the same Arkham logos and stuff um, around. We've okay. never seen any of the other, like any of the other superheroes in the Justice League throughout. We're really, um, we're really like any of the characters that they've shown. Like we've seen Harley, but we haven't seen this Harley. Like yeah, we seen a Harley on the Suicide Squad. We have we've never seen a Captain Boomerang or what was it, Deadshot? Like these are all characters that are more limelight. Because of like the movies, but um, next year's gonna be great for video game lovers, uh, for comic book video game lovers, because we're getting Suicide Squad, we're getting Spider Man Two, we're getting Wolverine. Yeah, we can only we can only hope so much. They also have the. Did you see that the the Midnight Suns game is gonna be a, a turn based card game? It's gonna be a turn based card game. I thought that was gonna be an XCOM like. 
Is it? Okay, I think it is an XCOM. Like, I think somebody said turn-based. And yeah. somebody else said card game. No, it's supposed to, yeah, it's like an XCOM, like, which people were thinking that it was just going to be like an Ultimate Alliance type game, but... Eh. Sad, but... And, at least for me, the last, uh... The last bit of news that I think we have to talk about is um, another trailer. Uh, we have a trailer for the open beta of D of Warner Brothers Multiversus. Um, Actually, the beta. They, they announced the open beta at the end of it, uh, coming in July. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. Okay. So, so we'll talk about the trailer and then we'll talk about our. Our, our connection, quote unquote. Yeah. We we can't we can talk about when the closed beta is happening because yeah. uh, it, it it is public information. Yeah, we can talk about that. Uh, but the trailer, um, amazing. If you don't know what this is, this is uh, the WB Warner Brothers uh, attempt at a Smash Brothers like platform fighter, uh, where a bunch of Warner Brothers property characters, including people like. Anya Stark, Jake the Dog, Shaggy, and Tom and Jerry fight characters like Superman, Wonder Woman, Harley and Quinn, Batman. Harley oh, those Quinn. are all just DC characters. Yeah, um, <laughs> and Garnet from Steven Universe, and and Ryan Dog, the original character. Ryan Dog, the original. Jake character. from it, and Finn from Adventure Time. Yeah, and uh, a bunch of other people that are going to be in the cast. Um, and they announced in this trailer that we're going to get uh, Taz, the Tasmanian Double, and the Iron Giant. I, I'm so happy Warner Brothers hasn't forgotten about the Iron Giant. Um, the Iron... I, I mean, I'm sure you have you have similar feelings about that movie. Um, I That was always one of my favorites as a kid and persists to this day. I watch that movie once a year at least. Um, and it makes me cry every single time I see it. Um, I used to think that the Iron Giant was like an American mate. It was like an American dub for an anime because early in the <laughs> morning, early in the mornings, Toonami would play Gigantor, which was also a giant robot anime. Oh my god, Gigant! Oh my god! <laughs> so I used to wake up sometimes in the middle of the morning, and the Gigantor opening was just playing, and I used to just think it was the Iron Giant, and I used to try and tell kids about it, and they didn't. They were just like, "Don't you mean the Iron Giant?" Like, no, it's Gigantor. Oh, I haven't thought about Gigantor in years. Yeah. Um, so, uh, cool little callback to the end of the movie. Uh, you know, what does he say when at the end of what is what are the last words of the Iron Giant? Launch the new I, Superman. And he is paired up with <laughs> Superman at the end, the Man of Steel and the Steel. <sighs> super exciting, super cool. Um, I guess we'll talk about... So, the open beta is going to be in July. Uh, but, uh, like I said, we're going to talk about our connections to this game. Uh, I was actually invited to the closed alpha. Um, you could have signed up for the closed alpha months ago. It was towards the beginning of the year, I believe. Uh, and the closed alpha uh, was super fun. Uh, we can't too, talk so too much, much about fun. it because we, so we might be fun. contractually obligated not to talk about it. <laughs> but yeah. uh, it was super fun. Uh, and we were invited back in t- uh, for the closed beta 
uh, which is going to be uh, May 19th, uh, two days from now that we're recording. And yeah, I am currently out of a gaming computer, but I will try to participate as much as I can because this game was actually incredibly fun to play. I will um, play every single day that it is up. Yeah, so I got an invite, and if you had, uh, if you were in the closed alpha, I'm not sure about how it's going to be in the beta, you can invite your friends. And cool thing is that not just I was invited, but the three friends that I invited were also invited. Yeah. So it, if you are part of the alpha, you will be a part of the beta. You get a free code. Yeah, yeah so uh, cool thing, uh, if you already had it downloaded, you um, it was it's cached on your computer. You can just uh, it'll the pop up will just come back on the Steam store. Yeah. Uh, so cool enough. Uh, me and Vincent are gonna be duking it out with our two friends on the Discord server. It's, uh, yeah. Super exciting. Uh, <laughs> it's so weird. I saw this meme and it was just like I never thought like it was a picture of Shaggy and Hugh Neutron. It was just like these are fighting game characters. Oh, can you believe man. it? I man, that that's. Ah, uh, yeah. I, it's so weird that um, it it's really taken this long for us to get good um alternatives to Smash for like different IPs. Cause sure we had like PlayStation All Stars and stuff, but that was always like kind of clunky. Um, mm-hmm. but now we have uh, uh, Nickelodeon. What it's Nickelodeon also All Star Brawl, right? Mm-hmm. Um, which is okay. I I was excited for it. And then um, I found out the unfortunate news that there wasn't any actual voice acting in the game. Um, And that put me off of buying the game in in its entirety. Um, The characters just felt so lifeless without it. I didn't like that Nigel didn't say smashing. He just made animal noises. And Multiverses is fully voiced, has voice lines. They even have, uh, like, it's... It's amazing, and because it's owned by the WB, they just bring back people who originally voiced all these characters. And for the for the, for the DC cast, they got Kevin Conroy to voice Batman, and it's amazing. Yeah, man, it's, it's super awesome. Of course, Tara Strong's back, probably Quinn, yeah. and everybody's back. But Every, everything feels like how it. They really, really did a good job designing everything. Um. And making it feel good to play with a friend. Um, I I was kind of weirded out by the fact that they said that they were focusing really hard on making it a fun team experience. Because Smash has always been like a 1v1 thing in my mind. Mm -hmm. Um, But like... uh, And I'm sure at some point... um, I, I think... I think they've said that they're going to have a 1v1 mode at some point. No, there there is. Okay. There is. There, I don't Don't kill me, WV. But uh there there are multiple modes of playing. Okay. Uh free for all, 1v1. There are multiple modes. Uh WV if you hear this, uh don't don't kill me. Don't don't take it away. I want to play this game. I love you guys. <laughs> uh, you, you can sponsor us for free. You don't have to pay us. We'll the game's going to be completely free to play. Um, yeah, that's another thing. It's a completely free to play game. I think and full cross play. Yeah, full cross play. All, all platforms except Switch. Maybe on Switch. Yeah, I don't, I don't think the Switch was able to be a part of it. You know which, you know, this, uh, that's you fine. Know we're, 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 we don't have, we don't, we're not, 
defined by laws, we can just look this stuff up. I don't want Switch netcode. PlayStation, Xbox, Microsoft Store, Steam. So, uh, yeah. No. Super exciting. It's very weird that, like, I'm super excited about something like this. So, you can still sign up for the closed alpha while you can. Uh, I definitely advise if you have not uh, been re-invited from the beta that you do. It's a really fun game. I got invited, like, the last week of the closed beta, and I invited my friends, and it'll be really refreshing. Bettering. Um, yeah. I think that's all of our news. I think so. Now on to the main event. Uh, we have ep- we got to watch episodes five and six of Moon Knight. Uh, yeah, what I a think way to end it. It's uh, it was crazy. Uh, I don't think we have to do really uh, play by plays of how these episodes were. Um, I think we'll just go over like a main overview of things that we thought were cool. Uh, the main takeaway from the episode because uh, you know if you if you if you're watching us to just get a summary thank you like and subscribe come back for more uh, but you know watch the show they did a really good job with this please if watch this amazing. one if you don't watch any other uh, Marvel show on Disney Plus this is the one the one to watch and you don't even need to watch any of the other Marvel things to under to like get a full grasp of what's going on yeah it's very self-contained it's very so refreshing to have that happen all the other ones have not been self-contained um yeah um episode five um was more or less just uh Stephen finding out about Mark's grief and the emotional damage that Mark received at a young age. For those who don't know, DIDs uh, develops in people uh, between like the ages of like, four and seven. I could be wrong about that. It could be later. It could be earlier. Uh, but it's emotional damage and uh, personalities are created to cope um, because like their psyche... Uh, Forgive me if I'm misinterpreting what I've uh, what I've heard before, but like they're they're they break apart mentally, yeah. uh, and different parts of them manifest. They are the same. They are they are one person, but uh, their personalities manifest uh, in, as different personifications, I guess you'd say. Um, and Stephen uh, was created because uh, he really liked this movie that him and his brother watched. Uh, about a adventurer called Stephen Grant, and um, the episode shows us uh, all of the dark stuff within his mind, the murders that he committed uh, while he was a mercenary, the bodies that he remembers, uh, and his, his brother because he accidentally got his brother killed. Yeah. Uh, and the episode was about Stephen figuring that out because Stephen was created in Mark's mind as, like, the the safe haven. Whenever bad things started to happen, Stephen would take over, and uh, he got to live the good life, as Mark said it. Uh, and it was very, very 
touching. I guess I, I don't know if that's the correct word, but no, I'd say it was touching because by the end of it, we got to see them properly realize that they care properly care for each other and realize that they sort of need each other. Yeah, because they're not they're not two beings in one body. They're the same person. They're two sides to the same coin. Um, or possibly two sides to the same D3, but we'll get to that. Yeah. Uh, and it's 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 an amazing episode. Uh, ends off uh, kind of, uh, kind of saddening, but uh, after you watch episode six, I mean, you know how some of the stuff happens. Uh, but in this episode, uh, uh, kind of derailing uh, the whole overall summary, we get to meet a really cool character, Tawarit. Uh, can you describe Tawarit for me, Vincent? Uh, she is the happy, happy hippo of ancient Egyptian mythology, who. Um, is the goddess of um, marriage and childbirth, I believe. Fertility, fertility and childbirth. Yeah, um, she is so adorable. It, it, she's such a delight every single second that she is on screen. So bubbly and funny, um, and also sort of shows like how little. Um, how little mortal problems really matter to gods. Um, because, like, she was just really nonchalant about the fact uh, when she told Stephen and Mark that they were absolutely dead. She's just like, oh, yeah, well, you know, this is going to be a shocker. <laughs> you guys are about to pass the afterlife. <laughs> um, and, yeah, she has some great moments where she's, like, possessing their bodies and... Uh, oh my god the dead bot the guy who plays the dead body that Torrent possesses uh deserves an oscar for his performance he he did that he handled the line delivery perfectly yeah it uh it's it's pretty great she's a great character let's see more of her in the next episode uh but yeah so this entire episode is mostly taken in steven's psyche which uh, from the past couple episodes, we see that, or from last episode, we saw that, uh, it, we didn't know how it was, if it was, like, his, he was actually, like, hallucinating the last, book. this entire series was actually just his mind, like, the hallucination, uh, and he's actually a mental, uh, he's actually a mental institute, um, resident, uh, but we actually see that that's how his, like, psyche is constructed. Like, he, whether it's a metaphor from the writers or that's actually how Mark sees it, uh, it's very comic, comic accurate. Uh, very awesome that they are taking, like, not panel for panel, but, like, the, the aesthetic and the way that they're taking the story was very accurate to the run that they're, copy that they're taking this from or inspired from. Um... And yeah, uh, I guess the end of the episode uh, ends off with... Uh, so, the entirety of this all is the fact that they're... What are they? They're on a boat. On, they're on a motherfucking boat. And they're traveling the they, sands of... Yeah, they were traveling in the Duat. 
the Egyptian underlife, uh, underlife afterlife, um, underworld, uh, on the way to the field of reeds, um, which yeah, is where you it... go if your heart is balanced and you were a good person during your life. Yeah. So to wear it, uh, Barry like surprisingly just rips out their hearts. Um, and puts them on a scale and is balancing them against the feather throughout the entire time uh, that Stephen has, like, his revelations of, like, Mark's life and, like, what they actually experienced as a person together and, like, what Mark is hiding from him, uh, that they have to figure out each other and accept each other for their hearts to be balanced. Uh, but the Duat, it takes too long. The Duat judges them and says that they're imbalanced, so it's going to take them away. Uh, they fight, like, the souls or the the bodies of, like, people Mark killed. Uh, Steven has a really great moment where Mark's fighting them, and then Steven's just like, if I'm you, he's just like, Mark, you can do it, and then he's just, well, if I'm you, then I can do it too. And then he pushes off one of the ghoul, one of the goons trying to push Mark into the duo and sacrifices himself and becomes one with the sand uh, as he turns into, like, this stony sand... Uh, like sculpture, and that's the end of the episode. I don't know if you have any more to say on this. Uh, no. But... On to episode six. On episode six, uh, so the end of episode five uh, takes shows us the death of Stephen, but it actually shows us that uh, Mark's hearts are balanced, and that uh, he enters the field of breeds without a problem. Uh, and to where it tells him that, you know, this is it, this is your peace, and Mark remarks about uh, how peaceful it is, how quiet it is, how he hasn't felt like something like this before, and that it's amazing. But he also remarks about how Stephen would think that it's a beautiful sight, and it is also amazing. So uh, he turns his back on a peaceful afterlife and goes uh, to find himself his his other personality and uh he leaves uh or he, he leaves the field of reeds and as soon as he kind of accepts the fact that he's going to leave the field it just turns into the duat um every time i say duat i want to like be like duat 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 um but uh, he finds Stephen's body, like a statue, uh, and he, he like accepts him. He he says some kind words to him. He makes a whole speech about how. Uh, honestly, I, I kind of forget. He he says some. Uh, you are me. Like we're we're a team. We're together. Like uh, I'm sorry for leaving you out of it, and like. Uh, keeping the truth from you. Some things along those lines. Uh, and he uh, is also turning to, to sand himself. He is dying. Uh, but after saying those words, uh, their hearts kind of meld together and they become whole and the gates of Osiris open and they are allowed to come back alive. Yeah. Um... I don't know if you want to... Yeah. While... Uh, yeah. While that was going on, um, 
up in the uh, world of the living, Haro was busy uh, releasing Amit. Um, he stormed uh, the god's chamber in the Great Pyramids of Giza. Murdered um, all of them. Murdered every single avatar um, that was present for um, uh, the Egyptian uh, gods. The Inuit. For the Inuit, yeah. Um, but while that was going on, Layla was on a mission to try to rescue and release Khonshu. Um, we have a we have a fun uh, first interaction ever between Layla and Khonshu. Um, and Layla, being being who she is, was not having any of Khonshu's shit, and told him just to uh, help her beat Amit, but not uh, with her being his slave. And he just grumbles off and decides to go fight Amit by himself. Yeah, he, she's, he's just like, Layla, he's just like, will you protect the travelers over the night? She's just like, fuck off. She's just like, bring Mark back. You look good in my suit. <laughs> my suit's pretty cool. Um, it even comes in formal wear, apparently. <laughs> Yeah, Mark comes back to life. Conchu disappears mid-fight with Amit um, to go go speak with his now living uh, boyfriend. Um, or yes, boyfriends. And, and uh, uh, I think the pyramid starts to doesn't it start to fall in on itself? Uh, Amit smacks and breaks the pier- the interior of the pyramid and it starts fa- caving in on itself. Um, and while that's going on, Layla, Layla decides to, uh, talk to Tuarit and realizes that she needs at least one god's help. So she strikes a deal with Tuarit to become her temporary avatar. Um, Tuarit having my favorite, like, comedic moment in the series where Layla's just, like, trying to sneak around and not let Harrow know that she's there. Um, and she's like, Tuarit, Tuarit, are you there? Um, and the dead body of Horus's uh, avatar <laughs> comes back to life, and Tuer just screams, Layla! <laughs> and very much alerts everyone of their presence. Um, God, I, I love Tuer. She's so funny. She's a great character. A great late addition, but happy addition. Absolutely. Um... And I guess we can summarize the rest of this uh, pretty simply. Uh, Hera now has Amit uh, in full power. Uh, takes him to Cairo. Takes her to Cairo. Uh, Harrow's goons that have the tattoos are judging people, which is not uh, cash money in 2022. Uh, which I, it's not even 2022 in that time. It's like 2030. 24 or something like that. Was it five years? It was like 20. I think it was five years. Yeah. It's like 2027. 20, not very cash money or not very crypto coolies. <laughs> I don't know. But uh, Mark survived uh, and Steven's, Steven's there. And they're just like, we're a package deal now. You have to, you have to listen to us. You can't just strike a deal with one of us. It's both of us now. And Per Layla's request before when she was when he was released, 
he she wants him to bring Mark back, but he doesn't want Mark. She doesn't want Mark tied to him, and Mark has the same idea that we'll help you defeat Amit, but we want out of it at the end. So, uh, Kanshu reluctantly agrees because now both of the personalities are in agreement with each other. They're working together as a proper system, uh, and uh, Mark's just like, "How am I supposed to get Cairo from, from the Pyramid of Giza?" And fucking Moon Knight and all of his spectacular is just like, you forget. I am the god of the night sky. And then fucking Mark just goes like Mach 1, like with his glider towards Cairo. Um, and then from there we see Amit's people, uh, or Haro's people, using the power of Amit, are judging souls and any souls that are judged to be evil, uh, get, uh, the souls get consumed by Amit, and a total random thing that happens, no one probably predicted this, <laughs> is that Amit grew big, right? Well, she started she big. big like, like the size of a pyramid, right? Remember this. Uh, uh, Moon Knight, Mark Spector, Stephen Grant, uh, end up uh, flying in, like, nobody's business, gliding in, uh, super fast, super fly, uh, and start fighting Harrow. Meanwhile, uh, the giant, giant Omit, who is a crocodile lady, I want to, uh, is fighting giant Conchu. We get an all-out god fight, baby! <laughs> There's a kaiju fight in my Marvel show. I couldn't have asked for more. If only, <laughs> if only Tony Stark was still alive and they brought in a giant robot. That's all I could oh have asked. God. Yo, Mecha Kanchu. The, the, first, the first kaiju fight in the MCU and it doesn't involve Fing Fing. Or, or Kid Kaiju. <laughs> yeah. Uh, or a, even a Celestial or Galactus. No, no big things, just Things that are usually small becoming big. Um, but anyway, uh, we can summarize the entirety of this fight to uh, Layla comes in. Uh, Mark, very touching, seeing his wife. Uh, it's just like, oh my god, come here. And then uh, Steven takes over and he's like, oh my god, I love your suit. It's so amazing. Uh, yeah, me, Layla's uh, suit paying homage to an old Marvel villain by the name of the Scarlet Scarab. Yeah, I think the her suit looks so cool. I think it's supposed to be like her dad's character is supposed to be like an homage to him, and she takes up the title. Yeah, she's taking the title or something like yeah. that. Uh, but she is no Scarlet nor Scarab. She's she's the Gold Falcon. She is Gold Hawk. She is, she honestly, I I hate to say like characters are copies of other characters, but like the Falcon, she has the Falcon. Uh, but she does it better because she's cool. Uh, but yeah, so this the uh, quick rundown of the fight. They're fighting. Uh, <laughs> they're fighting. Uh, Mark and Steven are very much in sync. Uh, there's a cool scene where S uh, Steven throws like a billy club that he uses because he's very confident in fighting now. So he like takes over. Uh, he takes a billy club. He throws it. 
uh, and it like goes like to a different shot of it coming back to him, and Mark catches it, and it's pretty. It's it's pretty awesome visually. This episode did an amazing fight choreography and everything. Um, uh, stop me if you want to say anything else, but uh, towards the end of the fight, uh, actually, I want I want to bring this up. Uh, Layla is like fighting bad guys, and that uh, she beats a bad guy down, and she does this in front of a crowd, and a little girl says, "Are you a superhero?" And Layla says, "Yes, I am." Uh, amazing representation, uh, literally the direct view and direct representation of like people are like like what they want kids to see like this is an egyptian superhero this is a little egyptian girl seeing someone she can look up to some type of role model slash like figure that a lot of people don't get because their ethnicity or religion they don't have much representation in media or like superheroes and stuff like that it's very very touching to see um, but the end of this fight, uh, you think that a 2v1 would be good, right? But, uh, you see Mark, uh, beat up Haro, but we also see that Amit, uh, is beating up Khonshu, and, uh, now, the original plan is that they need, because, uh, Amit's Ujapti uh, has been broken. They need to seal Amit inside of a mortal body to uh, deal with her. So uh, whether you kill or cap or capture the mortal body that is now imbued with Amit, uh, whatever it is, they need to seal her. So uh, Haro actually turns the tables and looks like he's about to uh, kill Mark. Uh, and then something special happens. I don't know if you want to take the rest of this. Yeah, Mark blacks out. But Steven isn't taking control. And he wakes up. And it's like a giant shockwave happens. The next shot that we see after he blacks out, uh, Haro's cane axe is almost going through his skull. Um... All of Haro's minions are down and dead on the ground. Things are randomly on fire. There's uh, neon signs that are broken. Layla's like, what was that? And both Mark and Steven were like, I don't know. He's like, was it you? Was it you? <laughs> yeah. Um, honestly, pretty spooky. But not the first time we've seen this. Um, because earlier, what, it was episode, I believe, it was three. episode three. Yeah, episode three, a similar thing happened with, um, a couple people that Mark was trying to interrogate for information. Um, and, well, they move on, they have to, they see, uh, Kanchu getting dragged off by Amit, um, so they take, uh, Haro's unconscious body to, um the the rubble uh remains of what was the um um Inead's, uh room inside of the great pyramid and they start reciting the song to be able to seal Amit inside of Haro's body um they succeed he uh she gets put in there and 
Conchu being Conchu, uh, Worsen next to Mark. He's like, snap his neck! Uh, kill him! <laughs> kill him! <laughs> While we have the chance! Uh, and Mark goes to do it, and then he says, you know what? No, I've done enough killing for you. If you want to kill him, do it yourself. Release me. Um, but sure enough. He's a man of his word. He's a man of his word. And Mark wakes up inside of the inside of his apartment, um, lying on the bed. Actually, uh, before that happens, oh. he actually wakes up in the mental facility talking oh, to Dr. Carl. Yeah. And from there, uh, they have a conversation, and he asks him if the gods are real. Stephen takes over and says, I don't believe that. He says, this, I think this is over. And then Stephen wakes up. In his apartment. Every day I wake up. And Mark is also there. They are together. There are two fish. Uh, and that is... Uh, their ankle still is attached still attached to the pole. Yeah, for some reason their ankle is still attached to the pole. Uh, but they are free of the god. Uh, don't know where Layla is, but that, <laughs> is end, uh, that is the end of episode 6 of Moon Knight. They kind of just left Layla again. <laughs> yeah. Um, at the and Stephen Stephen's also to blame because he was just like, why would you do you what? But uh, yeah, that's the end of that episode. Uh, before we get into anything else, uh, I have to say overall, um, without the rest that happens, uh, the episode, uh, how this ended off. I I still think that it was a good conclusion. I I definitely think as a whole it's very awesome. It's very cool. I really loved Moon Knight. Um, but uh, we need to go to the mid credit scene that happens. It is it is a Marvel product after all. And um, we don't get Captain America telling us that sometimes <laughs> you wait for stuff and it doesn't pan out. Yeah, it uh the credits fade away. We see Cap walks up and he's like, So you ended up in a mental facility. Uh actually no. Um we we cut back to seeing um a cup of coffee in front of a um seemingly mentally disturbed Haro, uh who's in a mental hospital. His cup uh to him is full of sand. Uh, and he's hallucinating. He smacks it over and coffee spills out of it because that's what's properly inside of there. And a nurse comes over to try to take him back to his room. Um, but the nurse gets brushed off by a random guy who speaks, I, who's speaking, I believe, Spanish. Yeah, um, uh, he's like, eh, no, 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 no. You go. I got this. And she's she gets flustered and walks off, which, you know, she should probably lose her medical license. Um, she should probably lose her job, you know, random stranger. Never let her handle anyone again. Um, and uh, this random guy just wheels Haro right out of the... right out um, to the front door uh, and throws him in the back of a white limousine. Um Inside, waiting for him, is our buddy Conchu, um, 
dressed in his uh, fancy suit, uh, <laughs> really showing off how big his head really is. Um, man, that that bird skull is large. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he was usually in like robe stuff. I don't like seeing him in a two piece suit. It's just like, oh, yeah, big. Um, but he starts talking to him. Haro seemingly um comes to grips with what's going on and is like, oh, can't you? The fuck are you doing here? Um, and Kanchu lets us know um, about his quote-unquote next avatar. Um, I believe he says, it's funny that Mark thought that I wanted Layla. Why would I want anyone different? Mark is perfect as is. Let me introduce you to a friend of mine. Uh, and the driver's side window rolls down. And we get to see our friend, who we've known has the, been there all along, Jake Lockley. <laughs> he's, a, he's like, speaking Spanish, he's just like, adios, and just shoots him with a <laughs> pistol. And Haro dies. And Haro's like, no! <laughs> and then they drive away in, in the, the Spectre Mobile. Um, awesome throwback to the comics. So but good. It's uh, it's really funny. And Kanshu says in the back seat, like Mark Spector really doesn't know the full totality of how he is, and that speaks because you know he doesn't even know about Jake. So now after that, uh, this this show, if you had to rate it out of one to ten, would you give it? Um, after coming off the hype train of, like, immediately watching it and then talking about it, um, I, I would have given it a 10. Um, now thinking about it proper, 9.5. It's, it's hard, it's hard to give things a perfect score. Yeah. I definitely give this thing, I definitely give the series, like, an 8.5. I don't think that things are bad the way that the adaptations are or anything like that. I just feel like... I have a I have a weird gripe about pacing now with MCU properties like the the shows mm-hmm. is that like some things are very suspenseful but with like when it came to Moon Knight and I kind of felt this way with Loki that like I kind of just wanted to see everything happen you know what I mean like it's gonna have suspense especially like between movies, like what's happening in the greater world but like when it came to Moon Knight I was just like oh, I I want to see exactly what like we know exactly what's kind of happening in just kind of see it now. Uh, but all in all, I thought this was really great. Uh, Jake Lockley is a Spanish speaking tech limo driver, which if you don't know, like Steven and uh, Jake's personalities are very different. They're not too different comics, but Stephen Grant is usually the philanthropist, like the rich guy that Mark Spector, uh, his personality and the re- he has so much money and can even night, uh, is because uh, Stephen Grant is like a millionaire or something like that, uh, and he also helps uh, Moon Knight figure out the big top criminal leads uh, at the big parties, and. Jake Lockley is usually the street-level enforcer 
there's a taxi driver in New York that gets him off the street. Remains. Uh, but he seems to be not a native New uh, He seems to be a native Spanish speaker instead. Yeah. Um, and Stephen's also British, which is interesting. But, uh, yeah, really great show. Um, next thing that we cover Marvel-wise will be vs. Madness. Um, and after that, um, we have a couple things. Uh, so things that we're going to be thinking about doing episodes on. And yeah, do you have any other last words? Um, yeah, uh, just to like re-emphasize it, um, because I, I know that we talked about it like brief, we said it once at the start, um, if you were to pick an MCU series, um, just one of the Disney Plus series to watch. I'd say this one is probably the best one to do it out of all of the ones that have come out. Albeit, I haven't, I haven't watched um, WandaVision and I haven't watched Falcon and the Winter Soldier, um, but like this one, um, and Hawkeye was great. Um, don't get me wrong, but like as far as like ease of entry goes and uh. Cr- it being quick and to the point, and it really didn't drag. Um, there there were times when it was a little slow, um, but it was very few and far between. Th- this is like a perfect, um, a perfect gateway to get a friend into the Marvel Cinematic Universe, in my opinion. Yeah, I definitely don't think like it was a super slow show. I just felt like it could have just been, if this was a two-hour movie. I feel like it's the same amount of pacing and storytelling. Yes. It just, like, watching it week by week, it was very suspenseful. But I guess it's that's always how it is, like, watching a series week by week, binging it. But, yeah, no, I definitely say this is this is the only standalone one where you don't need any previous MCU to really understand what's going on. Uh, and that being said... Ooh, sorry. That being said, I definitely think it is. Uh, I don't. I, I don't know. I, I'd have to. But uh, I definitely put this up there. Probably, the top two. Uh, I don't. Uh, I'd say. Actually, no. I'd probably say this is the best one. After looking back at it, because you do have to consume a lot of media to understand a lot of the other shows. Yeah. I mean, what, for the all of the other ones that have come out so far, you have to watch the entirety? Yeah, you pretty <laughs> much have to watch. Yeah, because, like, WandaVision, like, have to know about everything that happened to Endgame for Falcon and Winter Soldier. Same thing. Like, yeah, just about Loki, same thing. Hawkeye, same thing. Yeah. Like, like it's very, it's a little too unconnected. Like, the the thing that the MCU does is something that like comics are bad at, and it's interconnecting the world even outside team ups. Because like 
they do it more now, and I feel like it's because they have like used to look at, but like characters being like everybody's in New York in the in the Marvel comics, like almost everybody's in New York, has a way to be in New York in like five seconds. But yet Spider-Man still gets his ass beat by like street level characters and takes like fifty issue arc to go to you know what I mean? Yeah. Like they're very, they're interconnected when they need to be, but I feel like the MCU is very interconnected even if you don't want them to be. Like the story beats are are always there. Like comics only have things interconnect when they want they want them to be in the store. Like, Spider-Man can ignore the tragedies happening over on the West Coast because he's not over there. But something in the... If that were to happen in the MCU, like, it would be, like, a point of contention. You know what I mean? Absolutely. So, yeah. Um, this is definitely the most solo thing that gotten in the MCU... I, I want to say because like Guardians oh okay besides the first Guardian and I guess the second Guardian too besides the Guardians movies which now that's going to break when Guardians 3 comes out because like they're interconnected due to Infinity War mm-hmm. but besides like even if you want to say like the Power Stone and like including the infinity stones is a big tie into the rest of it like those these three properties are like the most disconnected i was gonna say but there's literally direct references to shield tony stark and howard stark peggy yeah. carter and they literally have a scene of being on the avengers comp falcon so yeah yeah so it's it's definitely a great show. I definitely think it's for... I was telling my brother the other day, like, it's for, like, you're either a really big Moon Knight fan or you're, uh, like, an MCU watcher to watch this. Like, it's, it's not... Like, I definitely think it's a good entry point for somebody who doesn't have, have MCU experience, but it's definitely, like, if you're watching the MCU, like, nonchalant, like, it's definitely something you'd look at and you'd be like, huh, maybe later. You know what I mean? Yeah. But. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Night. Good night. Awesome. All right. Well, thanks for stopping by and joining us. This has been the Domestic Boyfriend Podcast. Uh, if you want to follow us on our social medias, I'm over at Vincent Barlow 8 on Twitter. I am lying underscore mask, and if to us on the social cast, um, we are at ev on Twitter. We are uh, domestic bf. If you tweeted us, like, comment, and subscribe. Um, not sure when we're gonna be getting the next episode out. Um, busy lives right now, um, but we will be getting it out sooner than later. Um, Credits to Ultimate Maverick X. He does banner. He does picture. Probably going to be doing more for us in the future. Um, links in the description or anything. And yeah. 
Thanks for, thanks for watching, guys. Yeah. See you, beautiful people.